Do you want to know about physics, chemistry, sheep, music? Well, luckily enough, we can find all that in one amazing person. Hello, this is Sid Straw here at KMIH Mercer Island with a special guest for you today, Miss Weston. She's a physics and chemistry teacher here at MIHS and is also a talented flutist. In addition to that, she has many cute pet sheep too. So without further ado, let's give a warm welcome to, to Miss Weston. How are you today? I'm doing fine, doing great. How are you, Sid? I'm doing great. Okay, so I'm really excited. I've been looking forward to this all day. Uh, so uh, I'll just start off with a qu fun question to start everything off. So have you ever thought about what would happen if one of Newton's laws were broken and which one and what do you think would happen? It's something that I'm very curious about. So I really wanna hear your take on this. Yeah, so there's some really interesting, weird things that could happen in physics if the laws of physics were violated, right? So, um, and there's there's more than just Newton's laws. There's all kinds of weird stuff. Like, um, what if um, the entropy of the universe weren't increasing? Then, then you wouldn't be able to tell which direction was forward in time and backward in time. So that's a weird one. Um, one of my favorites for Newton law, Newton's laws, though, is uh, there's an old Calvin and Hobbes cartoon, um, and uh, the joke is they're sort of he Calvin is a kid and he's floating around with his stuffed uh, tiger, and um, it's not clear why they're floating around, and then he he throws away some line like, "Oh, we forgot to pay the gravity bill," so they're just floating around because gravity got turned off. So, you know, Newton's law of universal gravitation, if that weren't there, we'd just be floating around in space. We actually wouldn't be stuck together. So <laughs> you wouldn't be a whole person. It would be weird. So yeah, there's, there's all kinds of weird stuff like that. Um, yeah, if forces didn't work or they went the other way or if time ran the other direction, weird stuff would happen. That's for sure. <laughs> Okay, yeah, I always find physics very interesting. It's a very, it's, it's, I don't know. I was very excited to come into physics this year. So, yeah. So, so, yeah, let's talk about physics. So you're an awesome teacher. So what do you love about being like a physics teacher and a chemistry teacher here at MAHS? Are there any specific moments that have stood out to you while you're in your teaching career? Well, yeah, in terms of moments, I was thinking about there's actually a lot. And I, I love teaching at Mercer Island. Actually, it was my first choice when I went back to education school and got my master's in teaching. I wanted to teach at Mercer Island High School because I knew how amazing the science department was. And uh, I already knew some people there, but I just, I knew what a great school it was um, and still is. And, um, you know, I teach semester long classes. So chemistry and physics, and sometimes, often, actually, I get new students at the semester. So this one semester ends, if I'm teaching all physics that year, all chemistry that year, I get a whole new crop of students. So I'll teach like somewhere between 250 and 300 students some year. That's a so, lot. Yeah. So I don't always remember everyone's name on the spot, which is, uh, you know, hard, um, particularly at the beginning of the year. But um, when I go to graduation, I love graduation. Um, and part of the reason I love it is that I have taught about 80% of the students who walk across the stage. 
So I'm constantly clapping. <laughs> um, and I love to watch the students that I've taught in ninth grade um, in a you know, a later class if I'm teaching them or just finding out what they're doing, maybe seeing them on cheerleading or in the orchestra or on the football team or volleyball team, whatever it is, I, I get really uh, connected to, I think this, the, the community of students in that way. So it's really fun. There's, it's a lot of work teaching semester classes, but I love doing it because I get to meet so many great kids. That, that's awesome. Like you, yeah. you get to like know everybody in every grade. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Almost. Um, it's, it seems like it. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you said when you were like coming back to education. So did you do anything before teaching? And if so, what did you do? Yeah. So, so I have a kind of roundabout career. Uh, I didn't really know what I wanted to do when I went to college. I knew that I loved playing music. Um, I loved playing my flute. I was in youth symphony and very serious. And so I did some auditioning, uh, but I also, I ended up going to a uh, liberal arts college uh, called Carleton College, which happened to have an outstanding geology department. I didn't know that when I went there, I just knew they had a Russian department and they had music and I could play music without being a music major. So uh -huh. I went there and had a great time uh, played in lots of musical groups. And then um, I kind of on a lark, just for the fun of it, took an introduction to geology course and loved it. Um, so I just kept taking geology after that. And I got a job after graduation with the US Geological Survey in Menlo Park, California, and worked with uh, in the, it was called the Igneous and geothermal processes group, which got renamed to, I think, volcanic and geoth anyway, it's, it's gotten renamed since then. But uh, basically, I was working with people uh, who studied volcanoes. So I got to help map volcanoes, old ancient volcanoes in Colorado, big volcanic deposits, one called the Fish Canyon Tough with um, Pete Lippman, who's uh, still active in the world of geology. Um, and I worked on Mount Baker. Uh, there was a project of mapping the, the um, geologic mapping of Mount Baker to try and figure out the history of how Mount Baker formed over time. And uh, the volcano that was there before Mount Baker. Um, and also worked on a project uh, in, um, around the Mount Rainier National Park too. So um, lots of different cool projects. I worked on another mapping project in Oregon. So just uh, got to meet amazing, amazing scientists and do really great work. And then uh, I went to graduate school and was able to study in Oman um, for actually I had a, a field, field uh, collecting and mapping project for my master's degree. Uh, and uh, worked with my advisor in Oman mapping old uh, ocean floor rocks, which happen to have lots of minerals and, and exciting features in them uh, to understand how ocean floor evolves over time. So lots of geology. And, um, and then uh, after graduate school, I, I realized during graduate school, I loved being a TA. 
And I also realized that when I was at the US Geological Survey, I loved teaching and I actually volunteered at a kindergarten in East Palo Alto and just did goofy like science lessons uh, with these kindergartners. Um, and it was super fun. And um, I, I finally figured out that I just really, really liked teaching. So um, I uh, started teaching at a couple of private schools, uh, one in Los Angeles, and then I moved back up here. So I was teaching in Redmond. Um, but I realized, you know, I, I also really still love geology. So I went back and did uh, work in, uh, as a geologist for about eight years. Um, and, and then eventually Mr. Noble talked me into going back into the classroom. So I'm married to Mr. Noble, who's also just, he's an amazing physics teacher. He's incredible. Um, but he talked me into getting a master's in teaching. And so I did that at Seattle U and then um, was extremely fortunate to get the job at Mercer Island High School uh, when I finished that degree. So uh, I've been here ever since, since 2009. Uh, at Mercer Island and just love it. So it allows me to do the things I love, um, teach students about science and um, hang out with amazing colleagues in all departments. The teachers at Mercer Island are just wonderful people. Um, and I feel really fortunate to work with them as well as having great students. So it's worked out really well. I love it. Okay, that's that's really awesome because I remember <laughs> I, I remember last year. Okay, uh, my science teacher last year was really awesome. Was like we had a whole geology unit that she made very mm -hmm. interesting. So yeah, that, that's that's really awesome. And then yeah, uh, super fun. Yeah. <laughs> so you already covered my next question a little bit, but I'm still gonna ask oh. it just in case you have anything okay. you want to add. Yeah. So right, since you teach physics and chemistry, what was the moment where you realized that you wanted to do? physics or chemistry and now that you talked about geology geology yeah so so the thing about geology is that you're a generalist you're not you're not really a specialist so it's chemistry it's physics it's to some extent biology it's a lot about rocks um but you can't understand rocks if you don't understand physics and chemistry and just in some cases biology um so it brings everything together um occasionally i teach earth and space science so i kind of trade that off with Ms. Nielsen, who's also a geologist. Um, but I really, the, the part of geology that really intrigued me and what I got my master's in was really kind of the physical chemistry of it. So it's actually a branch of physics called thermodynamics um, that I really found intriguing. Um, so that was what I focused on. And so it was sort of a natural fit to when I started teaching high school again to, um, focus on chemistry and physics. And in fact, there's, you know, there's a demand for qualified physics and chemistry teachers um, in schools. So uh, it was, it, it worked out really well. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that's really cool. Yeah. I always find it interesting how all the branches of science, like you sort of learn them separately, but then they, you realize how they all just sort of intertwine. Mm -hmm. It's nice. Yeah. Engineering too, like you, you there's, there's a whole bunch of branches to engineering. You can specialize in science or you know different things, but um, some people like me like to bring things together instead of going down just one narrow path and focusing exclusively on that. So it's it differs. Different yeah. people like different things. 
okay, so just for fun, uh, what's one of your favorite, just all, just general concept? I know this is a very broad question, but mm -hmm. what's one of your favorite general concepts in physics? Uh, and why does it appeal so much to you? <laughs> well, a, a lot of things. One is thermodynamics. I still think thermodynamics is, is really uh, an interesting way to look at the universe, like the whole thing. Um, and, and like, how did life happen? Like, how is that possible? Um, and thermodynamics is a way to address that. Now, it wasn't developed for that. It was developed to understand steam engines, but um, it has really broad applications. Um, so that part, and thermodynamics just means the movement of heat, movement of energy, right? How energy works in the universe. So um, one of the things you find in science is that energy, you can't understand science if you don't understand energy and how energy moves. Um, so, you know, understanding really complicated systems uh, always involves understanding energy and how that's moving. So, you know, I would say if there's in the broadest sense, energy is what really interests me about science. Okay, that's really cool. Okay, yeah. so then, uh, so recently, Mr. Bryant, the radio teacher yeah. at MAHS, he it's forwarded awesome. me an amazing video of your flute playing. Uh, uh, mm -hmm. I think Mr. Noble was also playing. And mm -hmm. like, I, like I mentioned, I'm an avid musician, and I, so I was interested right away. So what got you interested in music, and why, and how long have you played flute for? Well, when I was in elementary school, um, I had uh, the, the fortune uh, in public school in Bellevue to have uh, a music program where instruments were encouraged and provided. And in fourth grade, uh, you could start bands or orchestra. And um, so in fourth grade, I got a flute and uh, the first day I had it home, I figured out how to play Mary Had a Little Lamb. Um, I didn't know I wanted to play the flute. My mom talked me out of the French horn. <laughs> I thought the French horn sounded really cool. And she said, you know, it's kind of heavy. Um, but, you know, I love the flute and it does all kinds of cool things. And now, uh, you know, I've, I've kept playing it. I never really stopped playing it. Um, I know a lot of people, stop playing as an adult and then come back. I kept playing, but I wasn't taking lessons. So for 22 years, I didn't take lessons. And when I started taking lessons a few years ago uh, with a new teacher, what I discovered is I should have had at least occasionally taken a lesson because I developed a whole bunch of bad habits. <laughs> so I've been working with a teacher again and uh, she's wonderful and uh, have learned a lot and improved a lot. So that video you saw, uh, Mr. Noble and I made at the beginning of this quarantine in the spring. Um, it was somewhere over, over the rainbow, I think, right? Yes. And we were just kind of messing around and thought we'd make a video and see how that goes and post it. And uh, figured out that it was really kind of a fitting dedication to uh, last year's graduating class. Because they didn't really get the traditional graduation. Um, and we knew that they had a bright future and we wanted to wish them well. So that's why we did that. Okay, no, that it's, it's even, even if you're not taking lessons, it's really awesome to just 
have music in your life. Mm -hmm. Like I don't take singing lessons and I bet there's plenty of bad habits that I have in singing, but it's just, <laughs> I just, you know, just to play, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's just, playing, and it's a great thing to do with friends, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. Uh, so that's, I'm gonna, so I'm gonna talk a little bit about COVID and instruments. So uh -huh. during COVID, you continued your journey with the flute as you, as you posted some videos and stuff like that. So how has it helped you during these stressful times? It's, it's helped a lot, actually. Um, I, you know, throughout my life, I've played in churches, I've played for people's weddings, um, and different celebrations. And I've been members of, I was a very active member of a trio, and we would, you know, perform occasionally. We're all amateur musicians, we're all adults. Um, and my flute trio was playing outside in the summer. So all through the summer, we were playing outside and we were 12 feet apart. And we had masks on when we weren't playing and we stayed outside. Um, and that was really fun. Um, we can't really do that so much anymore, but um, it's, it really has helped. We've still maintained that friendship. We're still really good friends. And I wouldn't be nearly as good friends with those people if I hadn't been playing with them regularly, I don't think. Um, but there's really, there's a, a fun aspect of sharing music with people. And I have continued to do, you know, recordings for church or recordings uh, as part of groups like flute choirs and stuff. Um, so people are still collaborating and still doing concerts online safely. Um, but it is a challenge and it's a, it's a different type of interaction. So one of the things that's most fun is playing with Mr. Noble, who plays the banjo, who's amazing. Um, and he's been taking lessons. So uh, his teacher and my teacher are sort of thinking about ways that we can play together more um, and just have that sharing of live music is just a lot of fun. Yeah. So, um, and you know, it doesn't really work on Zoom. So you need to figure out a way to stick everything together. And that technology's getting there um, and it's gotten a lot better. So I would encourage you and you know, anyone who can to keep making music and and try and figure out ways to collaborate safely, um, but we'll do it again. We'll we'll play together again. <laughs> music is just really magical, honestly. Yeah. yeah. So, just a follow up question to really everything that we've talked about so far. You have done so much. Like you've done geology. You've done. I mean, physics and chemistry are sort of a subset inside of that, but still, you've done physics and chemistry. You have amazing sheep. You have, you have uh, played the flute for a long time. So how do you think this has come to really shape you as the person you are today? Well, it's funny that you mentioned the sheep. The sheep are, uh, you know, they were really Mr. Noble's idea. Oh, really? <laughs> because neither, neither one of us wanted to mow the lawn. So it really comes out of laziness. <laughs> <laughs> and we thought they were cute. So, um, but it also comes from living in a rural, semi-rural area. So we don't live on Mercer Island. We don't live in a city and we're allowed to have farm animals. Um, so why not? And they mow your lawn, you know? So um, mostly I've just kind of tried to do things that interest me or seem fun. Um, and it, it's, you know, I, 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 as I said, I didn't know what I wanted to do when I was in college. Um, and it kind of took me a while to find my path. And I think that's true for a lot of people. Um, but 
as long as you keep learning and stay curious and, um, you know, enjoy what you're doing, just keep doing it. And if you don't, you know, if you find something that interests you more or is more fun and you can do it, why wouldn't you do it, right? So um, I would just encourage people to, to be curious and stay open and don't worry that you haven't discovered your passion at 16. Um, many people don't. <laughs> and, and usually in your life, there's more than one thing that you're passionate about. Um, I speak to lots of adults who, you know, have multiple things they're passionate about. And, and I think that's really important. And whether it's your kids, your, you know, if you have a family or your animals or uh, an activity or a hobby or your job, whatever it is, um, you know, I, I, I just hope people do things that they enjoy. Okay, thank you so much for sharing all of this with me. I think it was very, very, very fun talking to you. And it was, I've learned it was a lot. Talking to you. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, thank you so much for joining us, Ms. Weston. And thank you for listening. Uh, this is Sid Shroff here at 88.9 The Bridge.